0: Is this chicken what I have, or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! How dare you! Congratulations, you're a meathead, son, but you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. Where's the 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 landlord? Yeah, I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host Riley Ennis and this is episode 13. I'm coming to you basically live because it is Monday evening and once again i procrastinated until almost the very last second. I truly had all of the good intentions in the world of recording this episode early last week and getting it out and even binge watching and maybe recording another episode over the weekend and I really wanted to like get ahead instead of doing this like recording at the very last second and releasing on Tuesday's thing that we've been doing Um, but unfortunately I had a pretty busy week last week just like a lot of things going on and a lot of mental energy and I just didn't think that I could do a podcast on top of all of that And then I had a very busy weekend. Um, I had a really great weekend. It was really fun. I hung out with a lot of my friends and like we had, you know, parties, a birthday party, just like a hanging out party. Uh, I hung out with like them on Saturday and Sunday. So I didn't really have a lot of downtime and me time this weekend where I was able to like sit down and get stuff done so unfortunately I wasn't able to record ahead um and hopefully this isn't too rushed or too manic or too distracted of a podcast I actually this is the second time I started recording I got like five minutes into my first record recording record god what am I like a 60 year old man <laughs> um, who doesn't understand technology (laughs) I don't know I got like five minutes into my first recording and I like realized that my brain was just so scrambled I wasn't really making any sense so I figured I needed to just start over I'm feeling better about this so far but I did just call it a record so who who really even knows but I'm not going to start again so hopefully this is the best uh take that it will possibly be um and I don't stutter too much because I don't have time to edit this either and I haven't really had a chance to like watch anything new. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch any more Real Housewives, which is sad because I really was enjoying that and I kind of do watch, want to watch season three of Beverly Hills, but I just I don't have time. And like I mentioned, I wanted to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and there's just so much else. There's so much good content that's like being produced right now. And it's good scripted, like creative content, too. So I can't even watch it because it's not a reality show. I just don't have time you guys I just I work and I have other things that I do and yeah but that's okay so I I just like I wish I had more things to talk about especially if people want to give me recommendations or things I would love to be able to watch stuff and then talk about things that people recommended for me because that would be fun but who knows not that I have anyone giving me a lot of recommendations but if you do if you have anything good that you've been watching recently and especially if it's reality TV let me know Um, And the other thing I did want to mention, which was going to be like a whole rant that I was going to go into, was the whole Free Britney movement. I don't know if you've heard about this, but basically there is a theory, a conspiracy theory, that Britney Spears is being held against her will at a mental institution right now. Um, There's a podcast called Britney's Graham, and they have an episode they just put out last week called hashtag free britney i highly recommend you listen to it it's super good if you're into celebrity gossip and things like that this is like really interesting and yeah i was like going around telling everyone this weekend that you know we need to free britney the whole thing is really fucked up she's been under a conservatorship since like 2008 so over 10 years now my understanding based on you know i've gotten this through the free britney movement so it might be biased or flawed but my understanding is that the conservatorships are supposed to be for people who are seriously mentally or physically I guess incapacitated and not able to make decisions like they're either in a coma or they're you know just like severely unable to to do things and that's why they need someone to basically have power to make all of their decisions and you know have power all over all of their money and things But Brittany is a grown woman who has been, you know, fairly stable over the last decade and she has a job, she performs, she has, you know, children that she takes care of, she takes care of her kids, she, you know, she lives her life and she should be able to live her life on her own and not have to have permission from her father and other random men that are on her payroll, by the way, because these people make money off of all of this It's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Just listen to the episode on the Britney's Gram podcast. This whole thing was going to be an even longer rant than I just got into, but I just saw half an hour ago, right before I started recording this, um, She, Britney was spotted. She was photographed at a hotel in Hollywood. So if she is in a mental hospital, she isn't right now. Or if she was, she isn't. She might be in like a halfway house or a partial program. I don't know. This situation's really fucked up. That's all I wanted to say and I wanted to raise awareness in my own little sphere of influence where I can. So free Britney. Regardless of anything that's going on, she's a grown woman. She should have the right to make her own decisions and I think we can all, you know, get behind that. So this week, however, this is going to be a very exciting episode. We are talking about strange love. Um, that is the spinoff of the surreal life season three so that's why we did that about 10 episodes ago I needed to set the scene and introduce the characters that are Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen um, and yeah now that we're we're doing strange love that means the next step on the ladder is flavor of love and I'm I'm very excited for that. So I did watch the whole season of Strange Love in preparation so I'm you know again we'll only talk about one episode but I might bring in some other things that happen throughout the season as I remember them. It was kind of interesting I mean it was definitely interesting it was kind of boring too. It was a very strange not I don't know it's documentary but they're also doing things not documentary documentary obviously but you know kind of just showing what's happening in their lives but they're obviously also doing things that are set up by production it's interesting i guess vh1 or the production company or whoever decided that you know flavor clave and brigitte just were such good ratings <laughs> like i guess the ratings were so good on the surreal life that they knew they had to give these to another show so the premise in general is just that after this real life ended, they went their separate ways. Brigitte went back to Italy to live with her fiancé, Mattia. Mattia Desi, I think. And then Flavor was just, I guess, back in New York where he had been living. Um, in the first episode, it's basically just implied that Flavor just missed Brigitte a lot and he wanted to go see her. But I guess what really happened was they signed a contract and got on a reality show, so he went to go visit her. But... Fl- Flav goes to Italy um, and wants to basically break up the relationship that she's in. So they go and hang out in like a B&B I always called it an Airbnb, but I think it was just like a regular bed and breakfast in Italy and, you know, just do stuff in Italy for a few episodes. And then they decide to go to America, or Flav was like trying to convince her to go to America with him. So Bridget goes to America, her fiancé is like the unsung hero of this whole ep- like whole season because this woman, I mean, I don't know if they're poly. I don't even know if poly was like, I'm sure it was a thing, but it, I feel like it was much less of a talked about being polyamorous, if you don't know what I'm talking about, like multiple partners, um, open relationships. It's been a thing for a while, but I don't think it was as mainstream back in 2005 when this was airing, but Matias seems like very chill about yeah, like, go hang out with this guy that you were, you know, seen crawling into bed with on a reality TV show in America. You can go to a romantic bed and breakfast in Italy with him. And then, yeah, now, yeah, of course, why not? Go ahead. Go to New York. Go to go to Las Vegas. Um, so, yeah, they they go to New York. They go to a public enemy show, or rather Flavor Flavor performs in a public enemy show. She meets his family. He meets her kids. They go to Las Vegas for a little bit. But ultimately, Brigitte decides to go back to Italy and go back with her fiancé. So that's the whole season. It's about ten episodes long. There's one reunion episode that isn't like a traditional reunion where you would think of like a host sits down with like all of the cast of the show and they talk about the things that happened. It's more they went, Brigitte went back to America to do promo for uh, Strange Love. So they just filmed them while they were together because it was the first time they had been back together for several months. and. It was basically just another episode where they were dicking around and acting ridiculous and getting into fights with each other or other people. Now I wanted to do background on this because I really wanted to find information on like how this came about, who pitched the idea, like was it because of the ratings of the Surreal Life or was it just because their relationship was blossoming and they wanted to see where that went. I have no idea. I couldn't find anything on this. So here's what I could find it premiered on January 9th 2005 ended on April 24th 2005 which as I record this is two days from now so it'll be the 14th anniversary of this of strange loves finale should we celebrate you guys 14 what is that that's not a significant age that's the age uh that new radicals shout out and you only get what you give that's that's all i know um so it's like I, I think i mentioned it has the same production team as the surreal life this production team would go on to do flavor of love as well as like i love new york rock of love they did a lot of other things not um not all of the i love the show is some of just the other celeb reality shows in general this production company was behind it and the show was a bit controversial um there was a reverend in north carolina reverend paul scott um he he labeled flave's performance as a coon act on a modern day minstrel show um so not great not necessarily well received by all parties of the world i guess um and then also chuck d of public enemy so flave's uh bandmate Um, he accused VH1 of exploitation. there was like a blog post that he wrote Wikipedia linked to the blog post and I tried to click on it and read it because you know I'm trying to do like good research and go to the primary sources and the website was like down Um, I think it was like on the old version of the public enemy website and the new version was like under construction or had been built but didn't have the old blog or something on it so I couldn't read that but I think basically um, they were he was uh, angry about how VH1 had an episode, which is the episode we'll be discussing, where there was some family drama between Flav and his kids and his ex wife or ex girlfriend, um, the mother of his children. And it, yeah, it's like not a savory thing to portray necessarily. Um, his family, his kids basically accuse him of like being a deadbeat dad. So I don't know. But those were the controversies, more or less. I think. A lot of people kind of took it at face value and just like took it as like a very fun, silly, ridiculous show. I think behind that there is also a lot of darkness, which when you're looking for it is really evident. And we'll get into that a lot more. Um, Oh, but two other things. Well, two other Episodes. I just wanted to talk about or point out. This I thought was funny. The first episode of the series of Strange Love is called The Flavor of Love. So that's kind of a fun little fact that I guess Flavor of Love got its name from an episode of Strange Love. And then there's also an episode called "Flave's Fried Chicken where he like learns how to cook um, for Bridget. I think that's when he learns how to cook. Um, But that's funny because I think I mentioned in my first episode about Surreal Life he went on to have a a fried chicken restaurant for like four months I think before it closed down so the episode that I wanted to do um this is the one I think I said that has like the family drama in it so that was like kind of the most interesting thing that happened or not I guess the most interesting that happened at the whole season but one of the most interesting things that happened and definitely one of the darker things and the other really kind of dark Thing, the dark thread throughout this whole series is like the alcoholism and the like drug question mark use I mean I feel like they probably were taking drugs but it wasn't ever shown or implied necessarily but definitely a lot of drinking was going on by both slave and Bri- uh, Bridget Bridget Brigitte, I don't know. I'm gonna probably switch back and forth sorry guys um so yeah it's it's pretty dark but this episode in particular I thought was like extra dark and like really kind of leans heavy into the alcohol like issues and talking about that and highlighting that so I thought it was interesting and I wanted to talk about it. So this episode is season one. There's only one season but you know season one episode eight. It's called The Family That Flaves Together Stays Together. Um, So we get the previously on. And this previously on is like a previously for the entire fucking season. Because this is like one of the last episodes. And it's like, I went to Milan to see Bridget. Um, So yeah, he went to Milan uh, to basically win her away from Mattia, her fiance. They went to New York together. Um, So in the previous episode, they had gone to a show, a public enemy show. Flav was performing. Bridget got on stage started like dancing around I think she like stole the mic from Flav at one point he even had like a confessional talking head thing about how you know how does this look to our audience like this white woman is getting on stage and like running around and acting ridiculous and I was like yeah it's not great um and then the way that the previously on makes it look is like she met the band they didn't like her Flav or they treated her poorly or something Flav got angry and flipped a table now what actually happened was she met the band they treated her very kindly cordially they were probably annoyed after she fucked up their show because it wasn't just like Flav that she was fucking around with like there's a whole like there are other members of this group and then the reason that Flav got so upset was because someone apparently stole like two thousand dollars out of his bag or his pocket or his clothes or something in the dressing room so yeah he like flips a craft services table basically like one of those long folding tables and like he also flips it he when you think of flipping a table I always think of like flipping it by like the long edge but he like flips it by the short edge so it like flips over on itself like the long way which is a lot um, and then Bridget gets really upset and runs to the limo It isn't great. They also went, while they were there, um, they went to meet his ex-girlfriend, Bev. Uh, I don't think he has any kids with her. I thought that he was, she was one of the mothers of his children. But I think he's just, she's just an ex-girlfriend. She was really cute and sweet. She was like tiny. And Bridget was like, I don't know, towering over her because she's like a seven foot tall Amazonian woman. And they met like a bunch of friends there in the Bronx. Also they got grills. They got like new grills and Brigitte got grills which if you remember from the Surreal Life season 3 that was one thing that she hated about him was that she like hated he had gold teeth and like grills on all the time. So it was kind of like a show of her like love that she was like willing to get them with him that's not all that's in the previously on I just wanted to go like give you some context of what they had done together within the last like 48 hours of being in New York so we get their theme song it's a cute little theme song about like opposites attracting and it's a little cartoon and they you know go you know just from Italy to New York and drive in a car and all this stuff the thing that I want to point out they're cute little cartoons you know they're like whining and dining and like kissing and hugging on each other and then at the very end they slap one another they literally like slap one another on the theme song it's ridiculous this their relationship is very not healthy I was re-listening to my episode on the surreal life because I wanted to remember what I had said about flavor of like flavor flave and Brigitte and everyone and I remember at the end I was listening <laughs> to like the where are they now and I was talking about all of the domestic violence charges and I was like you know I really do think that like deep in his heart he's a good guy I think I'm wrong (laughs) I think I was wrong about that and I was just blinded by that episode because he really did love the kids and he loved like playing music with the kids he is just a a very violent person and not I mean He's complex. He's definitely a nuanced person but yeah it's dark and they're violent and it's not a, it's a very toxic relationship and I think that's shown by the fact that they so casually hit one another that it literally made it into the theme song. That's it. That's all I wanted to point out but I had to go on a little bit of a rant to point it out. So the episode opens, um, Flav is trying to wake Brigitte up, Uh, we get a talking head that basically tells us that they're going to go home to Freeport, um, where he was raised, and visit his mom and go to church with her, and then Brigitte, she has like a talking head saying that she gets extremely overwhelmed, and she's like, like, give me a Jack Daniels. So there it is, like, you know, we're 30 seconds into the episode and already, like, she's asking for a drink. So Flav calls his mom, um, she refers to him as Rico that is apparently his childhood nickname I have no idea how someone named William Jonathan Drayton Jr. gets a nickname of Rico so if you see the connection there let me know but otherwise it's a mystery and Flay basically like tells his mom they're going to be there by 10 which I'm so curious what church service are they going to that starts that late because I thought church started at, like eight. I know there are, like, later services, but, like, don't the later services, like, start at 10? They're going to go pick her up and then take her to church, so don't they want to be, like, early? I don't know. Uh, So, Flav and Brigitte try to get ready for church. Brigitte doesn't have any appropriate clothes to wear, so she's wearing a gown, like a ball gown, and, like, a faux or real, who knows, for, like, wrap, shrug thing. She wore this in an earlier episode to a literal gala, so, you know, appropriate for a day at church. And uh, he's wearing a white pinstripe suit and a hat, like a fedora-type looking hat. Um, He also wore that to the gala, but it still looks like that one actually looks appropriate for church. So we, like, see a little montage of them trying to get ready, um, and Bridget keeps losing her stuff. She's She's like, where are my cigarettes? Where are my shoes? Her pants keep falling down, and she has to pull them back up. Like, Flav is practically completely dressed already, and she is still in, like, her pajamas or whatever clothes. She's wearing, like, jeans, I think, but... It doesn't make sense to sleep in jeans, but it doesn't make sense to, like, get up, get dressed into jeans, and then at that point get dressed into your church clothes. Who knows? Um, And so she's stressed out. She's asking for some white wine. She doesn't like church, so she wants a nice glass of wine, she says. Um, She says she drinks every day. This is all kind of touched on a little bit in the surreal life as well and just brushed aside as her, like, European ways, but you know, could be alcoholism, probably is. So she tells Flav that she's going to have a drink and he immediately says, like, no. Um, he says that he doesn't want her drinking this morning. Uh, he doesn't want her going to church intoxicated and, like, the first impression that she makes is going to be everlasting. So he has a point And I think that everything he says right here is completely valid. But I can understand you know Bridget also being like I'm my own woman I'm gonna do what I want like don't just say no to me so she has a talking head and it's kind of funny because she completely exaggerates what happened if you don't know by the way I'm gonna tell you now she has a couple of nicknames for Flav she calls him Mr. F a lot but the main nickname is Foofy Foofy I don't know where it came from there's like it's never explained um but she says foofy foofy said hey you you ain't meeting my mama or my family with alcohol breath like as if he had said it so like I don't know angrily but he I don't know he wasn't that venomous and then Flav also says um this is a talking head he doesn't tell her that but he says that his father died he specifically says died from cirrhosis of the liver so it bothers her to see or it bothers him to see her drinking so much Just a little side note I was doing my Wikipedia research and reading Flav's article or whatever and it said that his father died of diabetes and it didn't he didn't say died with cirrhosis or you know whatever else he died from cirrhosis so who who's to say what's really true and then we see some like various shots of like alcohol being poured different glasses of wine I guess being poured and Brigitte taking swigs throughout the hotel room as she's getting ready so you know she's getting good and buzzed regardless of what Flav thinks. They get into the limo. Um, He tells her that he doesn't want her going into church drunk so she says she won't even go to church. She's pouring more wine into her glass in the limo and I, I guess he just drops it. So over in Freeport we see Flav's mom at her house and like as we see her there's a freeze frame on her. We get an introduction um, so upon close inspection, there appears to be it's a, a background that's a baby blanket and then like a rattle that's been green screened into the background behind Flav's mom. Um, and it says like a graphic that's like Mama Flav, Anna Drayton, a.k.a. Mama Flav, although I don't know who calls her that. Um, she's standing there and then uh, a baby drops from the sky into her arms and it has Flav's full grown man head on the baby's bundle with his like viking horn hat on so lovely um mama Flav because you know I'm just gonna call her that uh she calls Flav in the car and the camera cuts back and forth as the two of them are talking um so she's just trying to find out like where he is what time he's gonna be there She has a very particular way of speaking that almost makes, it reminds me of like the way like a school mom would speak like in the 1960s or something. I wonder if she was a teacher. And then Flave tells her that they're running late but that traffic's moving okay. So of course he says that. So he jinxes them immediately. Um, I guess they took a wrong turn. The driver took a wrong turn and didn't go down the right street and he's like in the back stressing out because he knows he's going to be late to meet his mom and, you know, he's just like kind of, I don't know moaning I guess and saying oh I don't like this I don't like this you know we should have gone down 59th but we took 58th or vice versa I don't remember um and Bridget's just like sitting there with her wine glass and she's like well I'm glad I have some wine like she's like very chill about it now. So Bridget has a talking head. Um, she mentions that they yeah took a they left late. They took a wrong turn. We see back and forth in between Flave's house or Flave's house, Flave's car, and his mom's house. There's like a constant ticking noise to remind us that you know we're late and get the anxiety high. Um, and then I think she's talking to one of his sisters or something, and she's like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get my car. So basically, Mama Flave is gonna drive herself to church because she doesn't believe that Flave's gonna get there in time. Um, And then she has her robes on. She's, I guess she's in the choir. Um, She's about to leave. And then they, she calls him again. He tells her it'll be like 20 minutes at that point. She yells at him and tells him that at that point the service will have already been in progress. And she's leaving now. um, And hangs up on him. And then we get a commercial break. Come back. Flav and Brigitte pull up in front of the church. They're late, but whatever. Um, so Flav gets out he's talking to some people who are there Brigitte is very nervous about going into church so she like this is I don't know in my opinion the darkest like shot of the episode she's kneeling on the floor of the limo and pouring probably Jack Daniels or something else it's like dark liquor into a glass and like like shoots it before she goes into the church and I don't know that's just it's like it's it's dark you guys And then like right after she does that we get like a quick little black and white flashback shot of Flav earlier in the episode saying you know I don't want you going into church smelling like alcohol. First impressions are everlasting. So I feel like when you need Flavor Flav to tell you to cool it a bit he literally went to rehab for crack addiction. Maybe you should listen to the man. So they walk in they take their seats in church um, and Brigitte says it was a special moment going into the church it was the first time she saw his mom she was in the choir and she was singing beautifully so that's kind of sweet. Um, We see some just shots of the church service in progress the choir singing the congregations clapping along you see like the the preacher I guess the reverend I don't know what it would be called at this church um, giving her sermon Brigitte says that in her church you can't clap or you can't wear a hat. So she was like really getting into it. Now we also see a shot. This is something I have never seen before in my life. I have no cultural context. So I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, rude about it. I'm going to be, you know, uh, culturally conscious that this is just something that people obviously do. It's just something I've never seen. So if you know what this is, if you've ever seen it, please let me know what to Google so I can like read up on it because it was kind of interesting. were people at the front of the church they were wearing like white gloves and they had like their faces painted white like mimes and they were doing sort of like an interpretive dance along to the choir singing they were all doing something different they were just like doing their own thing but yeah I had never seen church mimes before so I really want to know what that was I'm sure it's not called church mimes but I don't know what it was and I want to know so Brigitte's happy to be close to Flav and be a part of his life in this way um, as the preacher is like preaching you know she's being it's a very powerful it's a black church so of course there's like a lot of energy you know that the preacher has like a very powerful way of like orating and all of the members of the congregation are you know hallelujahing and clapping and cheering it's very high energy and so Brigitte is you know kind of getting into it herself and kind of like rocking along a little bit um she's getting a little bit emotional Flav's getting a a little bit emotional as well they seem to really be enjoying themselves at church and then the music changes dramatically and we see these two girls walk in and they walk up to Flav and Brigitte and they're kind of like at the front of the church so they like walk all the way up and so one of the girls she's wearing a white sweatshirt I googled this I have no idea what it's about it has a big 29 percent on it and on the back it's got like a cartoon of a cop I guess who has like a baton that he's like like you know holding menacingly Um, and the back says winning against deadbeat dads so yeah 29% winning winning against deadbeat dads it's supposed to be some sort of message against Flavor Flav or towards him that he's a deadbeat I'm assuming I have no idea what that 29% refers to So they're his two oldest daughters. Um, He's not on good terms with them. He basically gets up as he sees them come in and he tries to hug the one in the sweatshirt but she like just ducks, like ducks underneath him and like very like, very pleasantly and friendly but you know, very deliberately just introduces herself to Brigitte, um, shakes her hand. Brigitte like gets up and hugs her. You know, she's being very kind to him but um, Flav is just like standing there kind of in shock with his arms out while like Brigitte is like, you know very nicely greeting the girls so uh talking head explains that flave and his three oldest children i guess don't have a good relationship um he claims that their mother is only after him for his money and that her uh and her husband have like turned the kids against him he says that anything he gives the mom she you know takes a lot and only uses a little bit on the kids i don't know the situation obviously i don't know if this is true or not i don't know But I have a feeling that it might be that say maybe Flavor Flay pays his child support and then the mom takes that and uses that along with like her income to buy like a car so that she can drive her kids places and he thinks that that's just her buying a car for herself or things like that I don't know because I know that there are certain things that like you as a parent need so that you can provide for your children I don't know if he's seeing things like that or if like they're yeah they're going on a vacation to Aspen and the kids are at home for the week by themselves like fending for themselves who's to say but he I mean he has other kids that he's not on poor terms with so maybe but it's interesting Um, He's really heard that that happened though. I think he might be a little bit more angry that he was like made a fool and you know left hanging from his hug and just like his church service was interrupted rather than actually upset that like he and his kids have like a bad relationship. Um, So church kind of finishes up and Flav kind of hustles Brigitte out to the limo. He doesn't stick around to like greet people or say hello to the preacher or introduce Brigitte to anyone. Um, In the limo, he explains that the girls came around to cause trouble and that tension is bad. Um, Rajit asks for another glass of wine, so there we go again. So they head back to Flav's mom's house, and they're supposed to just have lunch and meet the family. Um, There's a huge crowd of people standing around outside of his mom's house, like that cannot possibly be all of Flav's family it's got to be like family and friends and acquaintances and acquaintances like nephews and they're also like the little friend from down the street who was playing with the nephew like it's a lot of people um he says he has a lot of cousins nieces nephews grand nieces grand nephews maybe it's all his family who's who knows (laughs) but he introduces her to all of these people it's kind of funny because um it's like a good a good editing that I noticed the second or third time I watched this. So when they're in the limo before they pull up to the house, they're talking about how they're going to be meeting everyone. And Brigitte was just like, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't have to, I'm not able to say hi to everyone. Or I can't say hi to everyone, just saying like individually. Um, but she says hi to everyone. And then she gets out like immediately the scene cuts to her getting out of the limo. And she goes, hi everyone. So I just thought that was kind of funny. I, I saw what the editors were doing there. So Flav has a talking head. Um, he says that Gitae, as we call her sometimes, Gitae was overwhelmed because she's not used to that many people mobbing her. She finally goes inside to meet Mama Flav herself. Um, they meet. Brigitte says they have the same eyes. It seems to go well. Mama Flave seems to like her. They're like kind of rolling around cuddling on a couch. But I don't know if that was more just like initiated by Brigitte. And Brigitte is like, I don't know, seven teen feet tall and mama flave is like a little diminutive like figurine she's so small so it's just like if brigitte says you cuddle on the couch then you cuddle on the couch you don't really have much of a choice um flave says that his mom really likes her and he can tell because when she likes someone pictures go up and as he's saying that we see a little framed picture it's from when flave and brigitte did like the photo shoot on the surreal life and it's framed and like sitting on top of a tv i think I think that production put that there and I don't think there was actually a framed picture of Flav and Brigitte from the surreal life in his mom's house because honestly I don't think his mom likes Brigitte all that much <laughs> I think maybe production just wanted to like spin that a little bit and he was like yeah say in your talking head that your mom loved her Um. so Mama Flav takes Flav outside because his oldest kids are back they're like outside of her house now they're kind of outside across the street catty corner from her house just like watching the family barbecue hangout that's going on um Flav at this point has a talking head that says his ex-wife is trying to use his kids against him but it won't work because he supports his kids in my opinion seems like it's working because his kids really fucking hate him so he's just like very pettily ignoring them standing across the street he's just kind of like talking to like his family and Brigitte um he tells Brigitte that like she can go over and introduce herself and say hi I don't know if he said like you can or you should either way I think it's kind of weird because it's not like they were necessarily there to meet her I think they wanted like him to say you know I'm a bad father I think they wanted to like corner him while they knew the cameras were there and just like confront him so that they could kind of force something maybe but he was just ignoring them so nothing happened I don't know Brigitte walks over um, she talks to his ex Karen and the kids they all introduce themselves they seem to have a nice conversation Karen I guess has a new baby and you know it's like a little tiny baby so Brigitte is like you know cooing and saying hi to the baby Um, and yeah she tells Karen where they're staying and gives her their room number so that she can call and talk if they want to she even invites her over Um, and then Karen says that she feels better having talked to Brigitte and she was going to go home. So, yeah, it seemed like she handled that super well. Like, she was very cordial. Everyone got along. There was no big deal. Um, I guess she said she says a little bit later in the episode that she told them, you know, this is, you know, it's a beautiful day. No need to, for any, like, ugliness. Like, let's all just introduce ourselves and get along. So, yeah, like, Brigitte diffused the situation 100%. There was no, like, escalation or blow-up. I think she did great. And, yeah, you should, like, if there's some sort of issue in your family and it's like an ex and a you know people who have some sort of co-parenting relationship or should have a co-parenting relationship and there's another romantic interest or partner who's also meeting the family meeting kids yeah like have a mature conversation invite them over so that you can all talk seems like a good idea. So Brigitte goes back to Flav and tells him that like everything's cool. So um, I think she's just still a little bit overwhelmed from meeting all these people. So she goes into the limo to sit down and cool off. She just needs a moment for herself. Like even in this moment um, I see someone passing like what looks to be like an autograph. Something to like get something signed from Brigitte through the limo window. Like the parked limo window. Like, damn, she's walked into the car. She obviously needs a moment, and you can't even give her that. You're still going to, like, be like, hey, can you sign this for me? Um, So she's in the limo. Flav follows her into the limo. Uh, They kind of argue a little bit because she wants a moment to cool off, but he he tells her to go cool off in the house, and she says no, she wants to stay in the car because she wants to smoke. She grabs the liquor bottle, makes herself another drink. Then they go to talking about Karen and the kids, and he asks how they treated her she says that they were very nice and yeah he was like happy he was on board he was saying like well it's good that you got to meet all of my kids at least and so she goes on to say yeah I even gave her the hotel room number and then Flav blows up and so he starts like screaming the word no he gets mad he storms out of the limo like he really explodes and has basically a tantrum like a a toddler um Brigitte follows him out of the limo into the house to try and talk like they're in a room together looks like they're in like a fucking basement or something in this like dark ass room uh his mom hears them fighting so she has to come in and kind of like mediate and get between them lave is like yelling brigitte's sitting on a bed or something and crying it's not great um they i guess they make up i mean within this span of 20 seconds or less they're hugging one another and saying that they love each other so Brigitte asked if she could, okay, this is really, this got me. Brigitte asked if she should go upstairs and say goodbye to everyone and Flav's mom goes, she's like, yes, please, it's time to leave. She was basically like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> um, so Brigitte goes up to say goodbye to everyone and she's like in this massive crowd of people and then Plaves has this weird talking head where he says, you know, sometimes Brigitte feels like she doesn't she isn't accepted by anyone or she feels unaccepted. Okay, that's that's normal. We all feel like that sometimes. And he goes, "But she doesn't realize that she's overly accepted by everyone." And that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like what does overly accepted even mean? And I'm sorry, but that's just not true. You're not accepted by everyone. There's going to be people who don't like you. There's probably people in that crowd of Flav's family that doesn't like her. I'm pretty sure his mom doesn't like her all that much. But they get in. Uh, they say goodbye to the crowd of people and get into the limo and they drive away. Um, Flav is cuddling Brigitte in the limo and they he apologizes for the agitated day that they have. And then he says that he has a new idea, and he asks her to go to Vegas with him. He says that he needs a vacation, and she agrees. So, yeah, that's the next episode. Flav and Brigitte go to Vegas. Um, Basically, they go to Vegas. They uh, get into a bunch of fights because Brigitte, like, flirts with all these guys, and Flav doesn't like it. They go to a strip club. Brigitte gets jealous that he's giving his attention to the strippers. So she gets up on stage at one point and does a little weird dance um they go to the the like the little wedding chapel the little white wedding chapel or whatever as like celebrity guests for a bunch of people to be at their wedding I don't know it's kind of weird um and then I guess they just get like emotional like Brigitte gets overwhelmed that they're at a wedding chapel and feels like they could or should get married or doesn't want to get married and. Yeah that's it like they end up in Vegas and then that's pretty much the last two episodes are in Vegas and then she goes back home and goes to her fiance and that's it that's that's the end of the episode that's the end of strange love. So for the where are they now we already talked about the career when we did the surreal life so I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit more about where they ended up romantically I know that we'll go into Flavor of Love I mean who knows maybe we'll even end up doing all three seasons of Flavor of Love but I just wanted to go through and kind of talk about where where they are right now romantically. So starting with Flavor uh, Flavor of Flav there I had some trouble kind of determining the relationship timeline. I read a few different articles that had some differing kind of timelines, so I don't know exactly what it was but He's currently with a woman named Elizabeth Trujillo, um, Liz. Uh, it, as of October 2012, this one article said they had been engaged for eight years, which would mean that he was engaged to her sometime close to when he would have been with Brigitte and all throughout the Flavor of Love period because that would have been 2004. But I'm pretty sure Brigitte and Flavor Flavor filming in like, summer of 2004 and i only know this or only theorize this because in one scene with the church there was a little you know board out front of the church and it said something some event was happening in september like september 24th through 23rd so i'm thinking this might have been in like august or like early september when it was filming so if he was engaged to her when the fuck did he get engaged when the fuck were they even like dating I don't know um and then another source says that they were engaged in 2008 which would make a, a little bit more sense for this timeline because that would have been after everything with Brigitte um so according to the Smush Room podcast which I know I shout out all the time hey Troy if you're listening <laughs> um he had been engaged to her when uh Flavor of Love already began production I re-listened to the Smush Room episode on Flavor and Brigitte Nielsen is like research for this podcast. Um, So yeah, he was already engaged to Liz before Flavor of Love Season 1 even began production, and she didn't even know about that until they were at some interview or something together, and someone asked him, like, how do you feel about going on this reality show to find the love of your life? And she was like, bitch, what? I'm right here. And then Flavor of Love 3, I mean, spoiler, (laughs) um, actually ended with her like Flavor flavor, Flav leaving, I guess, the the person that he picked at the end of Flavor of Love. I don't know if he left her at, like, the end of the actual episode or if it was, like, at the reunion he decided I'm not going to be with you. But it ended up with, like, Flavor Flav saying, I'm going to be with Liz. And they, uh, they appeared on VH1's Couple Therapy in 2013. Um, as of March 2019, I found an article that said they're still together. So... They have a child together named Karma, a son. They also, that was the one that I do think I mentioned in my Surreal Life episode. Um, he, there was a domestic char- violence charge against Flavor Flav because he chased Liz and her oldest son from another relationship um, around the apartment or something with a knife. Not great. It's been a troubled relationship, obviously, but that is kind of where he is romantically now. So as much fun as Flavor of Love is, um, it doesn't really pan out with anything significant and long-term for for Mr. Flavor Flav. So Brigitte, uh, she went back to Matia, and she married him in 2006 in Malta, and uh, they've been together ever since. Like, they are going strong. I guess this will be their... They're what? Their 13 year relation or 13 year anniversary of marriage this year. It's 2019. They got married in 2006. Yeah, um, they've been together since. Even as she faced her struggles with alcoholism and addiction. Um, in this one article I was reading, it says that he doesn't drink or smoke, so he was a big part in helping her get sober. Uh, as I mentioned in my previous episode, she gave birth to her fifth child last June, uh, June 2018, and it was Mattia's first child. It's a, a little girl named Frida. And yeah um, I found an article it was like February 2019 they were spotted having lunch together in LA. Just one of those like gossip articles where it's like they're out they're about they're living their lives. She looked great she looked amazing she seems to be doing really really well. Um, He looked hot as fuck too. Mattia looks great he's aging like a fine fucking wine. (laughs) Um, So yeah they're doing well. So it's interesting that despite all of the instability and the jealousy and the tension between Brigitte and Flavor Flav who had this, like, very strong... I Because I do think that their connection was love or at least some kind of, like, actual very strong infatuation. They were attracted to each other. They did have chemistry. But despite that, it was toxic. It was unstable. It wasn't great for either one of them. It's really funny that both of them ended up in these, like, super long-term relationships pretty much immediately after they broke up with one another it's it's funny like that I guess I mean I don't know obviously Liz and Flaves' relationship is a bit more troubled seemingly than Brigitte and Matia's relationship but I don't know maybe they just found the right people for them so does strange love hold up slash is it worth a watch For both of those I would say yes and no. Um, It's definitely problematic. I mean we're watching this very toxic relationship play out but it's never really addressed as being toxic. It's just kind of treated as everything is a joke even though these are people who have you know Flavor Flav has anger issues Brigitte has addiction issues I mean Flav has addiction issues they enable each other they're jealous their jealousy feeds into one another they're both very like independent and stubborn people too I think I don't know they could be independent they could be codependent honestly I can't even really tell but they all they both want to do their own thing and have their way and they don't want the other person to go against that and that doesn't work because their own way doesn't work for each other so it's it's not it's not great to watch necessarily because you know that it's like not very healthy and like I mentioned it can kind of be boring at times too just because a lot of it is really fake. But it is interesting in certain ways and the dark parts I mean as sick as they are like those are probably the most interesting because I mean morbid curiosity is kind of just part of the human condition and some people are more inclined to morbid curiosity than others and I definitely think that I have I'm, I'm I'm drawn to some of the morbid stuff so that's why I like it. And then it just has the factor of being this very iconic like brick in the foundation of the reality TV landscape of the mid-2000s. So I think just on that virtue alone, it probably is worth a watch. Again, if you're into this from like a cultural anthropology reason, that's what this this podcast is a uh, subtitled under, like, you know, filed under. This is a cultural anthropology podcast. Um, but I think if you're interested in that at all, it is worth it in that sense because it is so important and leading up to what came next in all of reality TV. Well, guys, that's about it for episode 13. This is kind of a short episode. Sorry if this is too short. It's not too bad. I mean, we're about to hit 50 minutes, right? I don't know if we'll hit 50 minutes. It's like forty eight thirty. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, thank you all so much for joining me again. You can follow me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast or on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. Send me an email at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. I truly would love to hear from you. If you have any comments or questions or concerns or feedback or recommendations or requests on what show I should do next, shoot me an email or like post on the Facebook or send me an Instagram message. I'd love it. Um, and if you like this show, please, please, please give it a five-star rating and review. It really would mean a lot to me. Until next time, bye guys.